Funny. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I'm, thank God I did reset the recording because Sam let some unholy shit out. No. It was right into the, my fucking ear holes. Just, I had the headphones on and I just hear a demon howling. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like playing on my phone. We're talking about throwing the kitty cats a birthday party this fall, and I just hear just fucking demonic screaming over here, and it's Sam's gassy gut just releasing into the airwaves. I think how I did that burp go again? I can't even. Do I watched Eric shudder. I was oh fuck. There was flailing on this side. He was like, yeah, baby, we could throw a really nice kitty birthday. Oh, shit. It's like, what the fuck? That's my first soda. Leave me alone. No, that was that was demonic. That was fucking horrifying. All I, want to do I don't know how I feel about that, honestly. I'm like, I don't feel bad about it, but I don't feel great. Well, you're closer to the blast radius. I know, but I ignored it. I think my I think my autistic I was like, brain. I, I know I want to go see Oppenheimer later next month, but uh, I feel like I just sat next to an atomic blast here. She just I think bled. I'm good. Did she bled? Just. Bleh. It was like multifaceted though. It was like there was a death bellow afterwards too. It was fucking nuts. I'm over here just talking about throwing Salem and Lucy a uh, fish-themed birthday party. Christian's like, we should throw them a Honey Nut Cheerio party. I'm like, That's you just, they're fucking cats. As you should. And then I just hear, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? The fuck is that? Stop. Oh my god, I can't, I can't breathe. Uh, I, I, I really wish I'd gotten that. <laughs> you did not. Uh, it, that's a goddamn shame. It, is it really though? Because that's impressive. It was impressive. <laughs> that's how Eric horrific calls. it was. <laughs> like, thank god. The plague doctor over there has got a mask on sitting next to you. I didn't fart. I burped. Uh, you've never smelled a bad burp before? No. Oh, shit. Lucky there, you. There was a lot of citrus in there. Oh, my God. All them white claws and sodas. Yeah, it was all the carbonation. Mm-hmm. It was the carbonation. Blame it on the carbonation. There, that's that like wasn't a, me. That was like a normal one. That was Christian. <laughs> so take Christian's burp and ramp it up like... <laughs> 10,000. 
Oh my god. I you can't didn't record burp on that, command. did you? I did not record your burp. <laughs> Perfect. I was trying to think of <laughs> That's not the first time you've let one just rip on the mic either. I got one from a few episodes ago. Oh fuck. So people that have heard that episode. Imagine, you left it in the episode? Oh yeah, I left it in an episode. I hate you. I did it like right at the start of the episode. We were talking, and you're just like Burr. Oh yeah. What are you playing? What are you doing? That's Cthulhu. What the fuck? I mean, yeah, that's not far off. Was that Cthulhu from a movie? Yes. I really wish we had, like, you had planned to do that because I have an audio link. All right, let's. Okay. Oh, let's, my God. All right. Let's give it enough, enough about Kitty birthdays and Sam's gassiness. Oh, there is. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing an episode on the Hindenburg. <laughs> We're doing part three of H.H. Holmes. Actually, you know what? We'll throw it out to the listeners. You want to get some engagement? What would you guys like us to do with our kitties for their birthday? Yeah. Do you want a Honey Nut Cheerio themed party hey, for Lou? Shut the fuck up, Eric. Look how cute she is. She deserves Cheerios. The, she the bee deserves says, the bee tells her that she salmons <laughs> and tunas. And Cheerios. I, I disagree. Cat, she, she is a grain-free kitty. No, the fuck she's not. <laughs> the fuck she's not. No, she's, she's not. Everything. She's a scavenger. I try to keep her green free, but she's a rat. Eat, basically, basically, yeah, they both are. They're they're fucking. They're possums. <laughs> they're assholes. <laughs> they're trash pandas. But if you would like to help us celebrate, I can't cook shit it's, in my it's kitchen. Yeah, we've got one that's birthday is in the beginning of October, and one's birthday is in the end of October. But just like, cause you know, those are my babies. But. You guys think about what you want to do for the kitties' birthdays, and we'll film it. But before that, we're here for Summer of Motherfucking Slaughter 3. The Gilded Age of Serial Killers continues with the continuation of H.H. Holmes. Another guy who chases the kitty. Uh, I don't yeah, think but he chases he, it. He murders it. Oh. And not in a good way. Yeah, uh, he finds rich kitties and then kills them and <gasps> takes their money. That is so terrible. What about the kitties? Well, these are actual human women. Oh, never mind. Yeah, okay. okay. But uh, before we get into the actual episode, guys, just make sure you, you like our Instagram, share the show, because Instagram's a bunch of bastards that have made it to where you can only see our content on Instagram if you follow our show. <coughs> so make sure you do that. And um, if you're new to the show because somebody shared it to you, be sure to leave us a like and review and make sure your auto downloads are on on Apple Podcasts because if they're not, it falls off and it makes me sad. Um, it makes you sad. It, it makes, makes me very sad, sad because it's- then I'm like, why are numbers down? I don't understand. The and content's better than it's ever been. I don't, don't want to deal with it because nobody likes sad dicks. Sad we, dicks suck. We did five minutes on Sam's burps. <laughs> I don't understand why the, dev, the downloads are, are going down. Um, so without further ado, Sam, let's continue where we picked uh, uh, left off last episode. So, uh, Emmeline is no more. All right. She bye-bye. He swindled she... this poor girl. Yeah. Uh, got tired of her and then cast her aside. Wrote her family a letter. She's Mrs. Phelps. They're satisfied. She's not so, Mrs. Phelps. She's dead in a vault. Well, yes, but they don't know that for sure. So 
H.H. H. Holmes <coughs> meets a woman named Minnie Williams while on business in Boston sometime in the 1880s when they first meet. And well, I want to say she answers one of his ads for an employee, something like that. Um, so upon meeting Minnie, he sees two things that he likes. She's a wealthy orphan who is set to inherit another small fortune when her elderly guardian passes. <clears throat> and Minnie was often described as, quote, plain. So he feels that she could easily be flattered and manipulated. Well, supposedly she wasn't the brightest bulb in the box either. Well, no. No, she She, she was very gullible. Yes. H.H. H. Holmes assumes the name Howard Gordon to sweep Minnie off of her feet and gain control over her and her money. She moved to Denver after she graduated to live with her older brother, but her and Howard kept in contact via letters. And in 1893, Howard wrote to Minnie and told her that he wanted her to move to Chicago so they can get married. It's the same grift over and over it, and over it, again. You know that he ever changes it up and gets bored? No, because it, well, don't fix what ain't broke. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got the perfect bait. He's a ladies' man. Yeah. Like, women are just He's got a castle. Yeah. He's like, I'm a wealthy businessman. Yeah. But he's I, got a castle. I don't understand the, the reason for the name change here, possibly. Um, I don't really know. But this is just <clears throat> something he does. Yeah. This is kind of his his thing. He likes to his change his stick. name. And he'll do that much like Carl Panzeram. A bazillion times. Yeah. Literally. So, <clears throat> Minnie had inherited a lot of property down in Fort Worth, Texas. And not long after their marriage, four lots in Block 41 were sold to a man named Alexander Bond. And on that plot of land, a large home was soon being built under the supervision of a man named Mr. O.C. Pratt. Both of which were A.J.H. Holmes himself. Spoiler alert. Yeah, because this was multifaceted. Yeah. He was building a Texas version of the Chicago Murder Castle. He's franchising, dude. He's getting shit done. Everything's bigger in Texas. This is his backup plan. Yeah. He knows shit's probably going to go south here. This is his, like, I'm going to just go do what I'm doing somewhere else. And yeah. it worked here, so what could go wrong? So, to account for his name, of course, not being Howard Gordon... He tells Minnie that people call him H.H. Holmes in Illinois for, quote, business reasons. And she believes him. Dumbass. Right? Don't believe a man. Not, not the brightest bulb. No. So the two married shortly after she moved to Chicago. Shortly Meanwhile, he's still married to, like... Clara and... Two Murda. other women, yeah. So... They get married. Minnie writes her sister, Nanny. She is in Alabama. She writes of her nuptials 
and they arranged for a reunion in Chicago. Nanny was skeptical of Howard and found him much less attractive than Minnie had described, but the more time she spent with him, the more she understood why Minnie wanted to stay with him. A.J.H. Holmes treats Minnie and Nanny to a day at the Chicago World's Fair. Yeah, what- I mean, this, this the World Fair is like prime time H.H. Holmes, too. Yeah. Like, this is, this was all set up just, basically, he tried to build the hotel as, like, the World Fair Hotel type of thing. Right. But that never really got off the ground for him. But he tried. Yeah. He gets an A for effort. So, this is one of the few instances where H.H. Holmes actually went into the World's Fair is with Minnie and Nanny. But... Unfortunately, that was his, like, last-ditch effort. I get not last-ditch effort. His, well, he uh, was trying to impress the sister <clears throat> to right. lower the guard and be like, look, I'm doing all this stuff for you guys. I'm taking you to the World's Fair. You're seeing things that nobody will ever see again in, in our lifetime. And then he murders them both. Mm. How he does it is quite impressive. Well, he poisons Minnie. He poisoned Minnie, but uh, Nanny. Nanny, he tells her, hey, I left some documents in my safe. Can you grab them for me? Emmeline so, all over again. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's literally Emmeline all over again. Um, she goes in the safe. The door shuts. Boom. Roasted. Yeah. And... That was so unintentionally funny. <laughs> Goddamn. I would say asphyxiated, not roasted. The crematory would have been better for the roasting. Well, it still made me giggle, so I don't care. I mean, I think they both ended up in the crematory. Mm. Um, I think he buried Minnie. Probably. I think it was the only woman he actually liked. Yeah, that he said that after he got caught was Minnie was the only woman he actually regretted killing because he, he felt like he did love her. Well, not enough. <clears throat> With the fair over, H.H. H. Holmes decides it's time to leave Chicago. On August 13th, 1893, the third floor of the Holmes building, the murder castle, caught on fire. Luckily, only a few people were in the building, all employees and long-term residents who were able to get out. H.H. Holmes had taken out insurance policies on the building with at least four companies, all of which promptly sued rather than pay out. It's a little too (coughs) suspicious, you know? Right. This guy's been working insurance scams forever since the damn building was slapped together. Yeah. Uh, Shoddily slapped together, might I add. It's a wonder it even stayed standing. Really, because he's not an architect. He just had architects sign off on shit. With insurance companies pressing to prosecute H.H. Holmes for arson, he left Chicago in July of 1894. He reappeared in Fort Worth looking to build on the property that Minnie Williams had transferred. This is where he starts getting the idea to do uh, his murder castle again. Yeah. So, 
He began construction of a new and lavish hotel at 2nd and Commerce Streets. This hotel would have stood roughly where the current Flying Saucer restaurant slash brewery stands now at 111 East 3rd Street. Cool. Yeah. I'm hopefully making a trip out to Dallas here soon. Well, not here soon. I used to live out there in uh, 2000. That's the only... That's one of the parts of Texas that I haven't been to yet. I lived in uh, McKinney. Nice. So that's and there was a prison there that I ate dinner at one time, little sidebar. But so they had a prison from the early 1900s that uh, they converted to a restaurant. Oh, that's cool. And you sat in the sale, like the jail sales cells. Jesus Christ! Cool. Yeah. So you sit in there. But it's notorious because Bonnie and Clyde escaped from there. Cool. So, I now need to go. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I don't know <laughs> if it's still there or not, but. It should be. I'm, I'm sure the building is, but I don't know if the restaurant's still there, but I, I wouldn't sucks. think it wouldn't be. That's freaking cool. So H.H. <clears throat> H. Holmes makes a grave mistake here for someone knee deep in murders and felonies in Texas. He didn't pay his contractors. Well, that's exactly what he did in Chicago. Right. But like, you can't get away with that shit down there. It's not the same, not the same environment. No. You know. So after several months, his workers were absolutely up in arms over not being paid. H.H. Holmes arrived in Fort Worth to find a slew of disgruntled workers he and his associate ghosted the situation, heading out of town quickly after completing a horse swindle. Failing to make payroll is one of the thing is one thing in 1890s Texas. Stealing horses is quite another. Uh, that's a hanging <clears throat> offense. Mm-hmm. You don't steal a man's horse. No, I mean that that's like cardinal sin in Texas. I think it's still a hanging offense there. They hang people in Texas. Uh, well, not hanging but it's oh. it's like a capital capital crime honestly yeah. i it wouldn't surprise me if they hung people in texas still Mm-mm. i don't think they do i think it's but they do have a fast track for death penalty well that's boring what did they do lethal injection is that all that is now yeah that's it that's pretty much all it is i think there's like utah still does firing squads yeah cool that surprises me that utah does that actually no, it doesn't surprise me at all uh, last time i looked i feel like they do do still i feel like they fun. still offer firing squads while y'all sidebar cool. i wish texas still did the electric chair me too doesn't florida do the electric chair uh i'm not sure we'll have to that's another I'm one so we'll down do for a death pun- penalty episode yeah that would be that would be cool as fuck i'm so down i'm i'm here for it Perfect. We could just do it as a, we could wrap it all in medieval tortures and death penalties. I'm so here for it. Cool. I love the death penalty. Anyway. Mississippi, Utah, Oklahoma, and South Carolina still offer the ability for fire, authorizing firing squads. Do they get to choose how they die? I don't know. I think it's, it says it's a seeking, it's an authorized firing squad. Which is currently includes Mississippi, Utah, Oklahoma, and South Carolina. 
Interesting. Huh, learn something new every I day. I didn't even know that South Carolina was in there. I thought we did lethal injection. I thought so too. I think we do, but <clears throat> but it's a it's an option. I got options. Yeah, that's how I'd want to go. Firing squad. If I, you know, if if that ever came to now, I want to ask what states do if states still do the literature. Well, Florida probably. We'll save that for a future endeavor because I don't yes. want to spoil that. <laughs> so. Law enforcement was quickly on the case of the horse stealing, and this would promise to be the serial killer's ultimate undoing. Yeah, he's going to regret this this whole endeavor. Oh, yeah. Don't they all? This is what, in a way. This is what fucked him in the end. While he was in jail, he struck up a conversation with a convicted outlaw named Marion Hedgepeth, a.k.a. the Handsome Bandit. And he was a pretty handsome guy. I have a picture of him. Really? Yeah. He So, the handsome bandit was serving a 25-year sentence. H.H. H. Holmes had concocted a plan to swindle an insurance company out of $10,000 by taking out a policy on himself and then faking his death. H.H. H. Holmes promised Marion a $500 commission in exchange for the name of a lawyer who would be trusted. His, he, he was given the name Jepta? How? We'll go with it. <clears throat> so H.H. H. Holmes began planning his own death after he was released on bail. However, the plan failed when the insurance company became suspicious and refused to pay H.H. H. Holmes. And uh, he didn't press the claim. He was like, all right, cool. Later. Instead, he concocted a similar plan with his friend and second-in-command, Benjamin Peitzel. His goon. Yeah. His henchman. His head, his head, uh, what's it called? Uh, the name, the word escapes me now, never mind. It'll come back to me at a random point in this episode and be like, that's what I want. That's what I wanted. Fair enough. Uh, Benjamin agreed to fake his own death. So that his wife could collect on a $10,000 life insurance policy, which was to be split with H.H. Holmes and attorney Jephtha Howe. The scheme, which would take place in Philadelphia, called for Benjamin to set himself up as an inventor under the name B.F. Perry and then be killed and disfigured in a lab explosion. Which, honestly, that's like a very well thought out sort of plan. Yeah, because it, at the time he was, um, he got a job up there as like a patent guy. So he's working in the patent office. So I guess like the whole angle that they were trying to work was he was working on some new testing, some new patented machine and it blew up in his face. I'm, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah. H.H. Holmes was to find an appropriate cadaver to play the role of Benjamin. And he did. Instead, H.H. Holmes killed Benjamin by knocking him unconscious with chloroform and setting his body on fire. Mm. Spoiler alert. H.H. He found the perfect matching cadaver. He sure did. H.H. Holmes proceeded to collect the insurance payout on the basis of the genuine Benjamin corpse. He then went on to manipulate, manipulate Benjamin's unsuspecting 
I think I'm having a stroke. That's how I felt <laughs> earlier. I was like, <laughs> I was like, fuck. Benjamin's unsuspecting wife into allowing three of her five children to be in his custody, in H.H. Holmes's custody. Well, the whole premise to this was to collect this insurance policy, one of the kids had to identify him. Right. So the eldest daughter and the baby remained with Carrie Peitzel, Benjamin's wife. While H.H. H. Holmes and the three Peitzel children traveled throughout the northern United States and into Canada. This part confuses me. This is this a is, really hard part to track. I feel like that guy with the threads, with the string board. Oh, uh, who is Pepe Sylvia? Sure. Yeah. That one where he's like, ugh. Charlie Day and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That, yes. So, simultaneously... H.H. Holmes escorted Mrs. Peitzel along a parallel route, all while using various aliases and lying to Mrs. Peitzel concerning her husband's death, claiming that her husband was in London. So she has no idea that he's that he's really dead. dead. Yeah. I'm going to go slow because even I still get confused by this. So... H.H. Holmes would later confess to murdering two of the children by forcing them into a large trunk, drilling a hole in the trunk, and attaching a gas line to asphyxiate the girls. So it's two girls and a boy that are shipped to H.H. Holmes. Three of the five. The boy died first. The girls died after, from what I've read. Okay. The order doesn't really matter. The three kids were murdered. Right. So, H.H. H. Holmes buried their bodies in the cellar of his rental house in Toronto. A man named Frank Geyer, who was a Philadelphia detective, was tracking H.H. H. Holmes and found the decomposed bodies of the two Peitzel girls in the Toronto basement in the trunk that Carrie had packed before the kids left on their trip. And this dude is like just... He is. He's like freaking Neam Leeson. He he is basically the king of detective work. Yeah. For this, because he did all of this of eyewitness accounts, trying to track this guy who's changing mm-hmm. his name every town. Mm-hmm. And he he found the kids. Yeah, that's not until later, but yeah, obviously. So Frank then follows. H.H. H. Holmes to Indianapolis. He's like hot on his trail. Yeah, the whole time. He's he's like two steps behind him. Yeah. So H.H. H. Holmes rented a cottage in Indianapolis where he was reported to have visited a local pharmacy to purchase the drugs where he used to kill the third Peitzel child and a repair shop to sharpen the knives he used to chop up the body before he burned it. The boy's teeth and bits of bone were discovered in the home's chimney. On January 17th, 1894, H.H. H. Holmes married for a third time to a woman named Georgiana Yoke in Denver, Colorado, while using the name H.M. Howard. He explained that his rich uncle had left him a lot of land in his will on the condition that he adopt his last name. 
Georgiana bought right into this. Once again, Nigerian prince email scam. Literally. All over again. He's still married to Clara and Myrtle. And I guess technically Minnie. Yeah, technically, yeah. But she's dead. But I guess no one really knows that yet. So, in the meantime, Marion Hedgepeth, who... The handsome bandit who was angry that he did not receive any money in the faked death scam because he hasn't even told his partner mm-hmm. that he for sure he like he actually killed this dude. Yeah. So he I mean, tells, wouldn't you be pissed if somebody like five hundred dollars in that time's like a shit ton of money. Yeah. So the handsome bandit tells police about the fraud that H.H. Holmes had planned. Afterward, the authorities doubled their efforts to find the elusive killer. I think he did it to get a plea deal. Is why is it was the bargain he worked out. He's like, look, get me out of here early and I'll give you a lead on this crime. Yeah. And uh, there was something else, but I forgot to put it in here. Uh, it's possible that... H.H. Holmes knew that he was on the brink of an arrest. It's like he knew his time was getting short. Mm -hmm. Uh, For whatever reason, he returned to Gilmanton, New Hampshire, where he was from. Yep. Well, where Herman Mudgett was from. To reunite with Clara and their now 15-year-old son, Robert. And his parents. Well, he's out of angles at this point. Yeah, he's like, well, making my farewell rounds now. Essentially. I mean, I'm sure he knows that the walls are closing in on him. For sure. He told his family that he'd been in a terrible accident that gave him amnesia, and the hospital had given him the name H.H. Holmes. And then he had met and fallen in love and married Georgiana. Before remembering that his name was Herman Mudgett. And for some fucking reason, his whole family believes him. This dude is what? just the, the king of the scam artists. The asbestos runs very thick. What the fuck? And the stupidity, like, just as much. Dude, he is just, he has to have the most convincing just mannerisms that I've ever heard because nobody would believe this shit. Nobody. So he ends up leaving Gilmanton not long after arriving to pursue business in Boston with the promise of him returning. He's like, all right, I'll be back. I should go to Boston for some business. Catch in a little bit. But H.H. Holmes's murder spree finally ended when he was arrested in Boston, Massachusetts on November 17, 1894. After being tracked there from Philadelphia by the Pinkertons. Which, crazily enough, the Pinkertons are a bunch of crazy scumbags, but they were just in the news recently. Uh, they're still around today. Okay. So... A game that me and Christian play called Magic the Gathering had some product accidentally get shipped out and it was spoiled way earlier than it should have been. 
and the company that owns the game sent the Pinkertons to go retrieve the shit. And they came like armed to the teeth to get these fucking little cardboard rectangles back. So they're kind of like mercenaries. Basically, they're like pri- they're a private goon squad. But they're also really good detectives. Capos. Yeah, th- basically. That's the word I was trying to think of earlier. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, Pinkerton's is the whole reason the the term private eye exists. Interesting. They're the all seeing eye, but yeah, Pinkerton's total dickheads. Uh, they were the bad guys in Red Dead Redemption too, as well. I feel like anything with the word pink in it is not threatening. Uh, let me put it this way: they are never allowed to get a government contract ever again. Well, I mean, I understand that. Like they did some. Awful, heinous shit. But why you gotta call them Pinkertons? That just there was a sound. reason. There was a reason why, and I can't remember what it is for the life of me. Um, and if you want to hear more about the Pinkertons and what the fuck they're about, let us know, and we might cover them in an episode. Because they've they've committed crimes all over the country for for money. So interesting. So. H.H. Holmes admitted that he had intended to defraud the insurance company by passing off a cadaver as Benjamin Peitzel, but he had killed himself before they could proceed. So, he set the scene to look like an accident to try and get the money for his family, since the insurance company, which is Fidelity, was under no obligation to pay out in the event of a suicide. He also claimed that the Peitzel children were alive and well, and traveling with his friend, Minnie Williams, who possibly took them to London. Why does he like London so much? Has he never been there before? I don't know, but Minnie Williams is dead. Mm. Yeah, he's like, like his own little inside little... fucking joke or something. Well, he, the the mother was trying to basically be like, "Where the fuck are my kids?" Right, because she has no idea that any of this is happening because she still thinks she's she has no idea. No. None what's she's oblivious. Yes. So then Carrie, Benjamin's widow, was also arrested for her part of the fraud scheme because she did know about it. She was in for it. She mm-hmm. was all about it. So she gets arrested. While they sat in prison in Philly, police back in Chicago began searching the castle. And Frank Geyer set off to locate the Peitzel children. So this is his search for them now. Yeah. Um, Chicago and dozens of reporters flocked to the castle's basement, which accidentally caused an explosion when one of the workers' candles set off fumes from an old fuel tank. Uh, I figured it was from the gas leaking from all the pipes that were running into the rooms. <laughs> When H.H. Holmes learned that Frank had discovered the bodies of Alice and Nellie Peitzel, he said, quote, Well, I suppose they'll hang me for this. All right, you are. In Chicago, police and reporters began discovering all manner of awful things while searching H.H. Holmes's basement. They found a tank of strange chemicals, which later proved was crude gasoline. I don't know what makes it crude, but... Crude oil. What's that? So, just gasoline, basically. Oh, okay. 
I know there was a difference. It was clearly a vat for stripping the flesh from skeletons. Gross. While the furnace with its molding kiln surely must have been a crematorium, a scratched-up bench with some stains became a dissection table and a stained piece of rope found in a toolbox that was Patrick... Patrick um, Quinlan, Quintain, whatever, the other guy, mm. the other, the other one of the three. It was Charlie yep. Chapel, Benjamin Beitzel, and the other guy, Patrick something. Yep. Um, it was obviously a noose used to hang victims in the dummy elevator shaft. They dug into the basement floor and found a stash of human bones preserved with quicklime. They belonged to an 8- to 10-year-old child, presumed to be that of Pearl Connors, which is Julia Smythe's daughter. A search of the contents of the basement stove revealed bits of fabric and a watch chain, which is believed to have been belonged to Minnie Williams. Chicago, at this point, is losing its mind right now with all these discoveries and whatnot. Dozens of people are coming forward claiming that they worked for H.H. Holmes or had been approached by him to take out life insurance or barely made it out uh, during their stays at the castle. But Chicago police never found enough evidence to charge H.H. Holmes in any crime, despite their efforts in searching the castle from top to bottom. Frank, though finally locates enough evidence to pin the murders of the Peitzel children on H.H. Holmes. Frank finds scraps of clothing, burned pictures, human teeth, and the top of a skull that belonged to a prepubescent boy in the home that H.H. Holmes had rented in Indianapolis. Holmes' trial is held in Philly. The prosecution had about a year to prepare for the trial, but the defense would have less than a month to prepare and shit yeah so the prosecution is just like gaining witnesses all all around all around the country yeah i mean this dude's crime spree spanned pretty much like the majority of the country but this is before like the prosecute i'm assuming i'm not 100 percent sure but it could be before the prosecution had to share like in discovery with the defense Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that that I'm not wasn't sure the case at the time. When all that came about. Um, but I'd be interested in figuring I'm gonna Google that later. Yeah. Um I love the law. Um, so AJ Holmes' lawyers quit on him. They're like, hmm. We can't do this. There's no way we can prepare for this bunch of real Rob Kardashians, huh? He didn't quit on them. He didn't quit on OJ. We're not getting into this. I can't. Don't fuck. Don't send me down this rabbit hole, Eric. It's too late for that. So anyway. I'm sorry. But I'm down to do an OJ an OJ episode. I'm so down. What up, Twitter world? Anyway, so his lawyers quit on him. Don't don't distract me right now. And H.H. H. Holmes had to act as his own lawyer, but he was surprisingly good at it. From all his, well, he's a con man. He's wheeling a and deal- man. Yeah, all his wheelings and dealings with the insurance people. So, eventually, his lawyers come back 
at some point. I'm not really sure at what point in the trial. Um, They're like, holy shit, he's doing it. Yeah, like, now we we might have some skin in this game. So, but they don't, because H.H. Holmes is found guilty on four counts of murder. Despite him confessing to hundreds of murder, well, 27, and alluding to more. I think he... And then he confessed, and then he re- recanted. He yeah, he recanted them like he was so wishy washy. Then this has been probably one of the hardest series we've ever researched. He's like the Henry Lee Lucas before Henry Lee Lucas was the first. Well, I think he was just trying to get his body count up. Is why he confessed to so fucking many. Maybe I don't know. Um. Some of the, his quote unquote victims proved to be. Alive still, uh, likely from the insurance payouts. And yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, I, this I killed this person. Well, well, no, they didn't just for the money. Like he probably I used a cadaver. Yeah, I fake killed him. So it was just make believe, guys. Ha ha ha! Just kidding. Gotcha. I got that money though. Right. On May seventh, eighteen ninety six. So about a year and a half ish. Later, just before his 35th birthday, it was about a week, uh, he was hung at Philadelphia's Moyamensing mm-hmm. prison. Sounds good to me. If I pronounce that wrong, just don't tell just me. Just roll with it. We all know I pronounce shit wrong, okay? Oh, yeah. We all know. We all do. If, we, if you guys have made it this far. It happens. You made it through the dinosaur episode. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a personal favorite of mine. <laughs> you Eric. literally like sucked so bad for you were like. <laughs> I'm just convinced Lucy ran across your keyboard for some of those fucking words. I think I may have let her do that actually. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, she's like, yeah, this needs a vowel, three vowels. Yeah, a lot for the fuss is a source. <laughs> yeah, good luck with this here. <laughs> so he was hung. Yeah. Uh, he was hung until he was dead. Uh, basically, it was not a clean break. No, he like swung there for yeah, he, a while. It's very suiting because he suffocated. Good. That's how he went out. What's fascinating, though, is what he requested upon his death, like for his burial. He wanted to be buried 10 feet deep and have his coffin cemented in. So he he was cemented into his coffin, just mm-hmm. because he was terrified of having his body snatched and sold to science. Well, which is what he did to multiple people. Hmm. Um. The other crazy thing is he has a grandson that's still around today. A grandson? Like a great 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 grandson? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. He wrote a book. Yeah, he wrote a book mm-hmm. about how he thinks Holmes faked his death, like paid, basically escaped from prison, and they hung some other guy in his place. Um, and he went over to England to become like Jack the Ripper. Yeah, yeah but the motives aren't even the same. Well, the whole thing's just fucked because uh, that was disproven very quickly by. They basically exhumed Holmes' body. Yeah. And chiseled him out of the coffin that they submitted him into and tested the uh, uh, DNA on it. 
And it was not him. It was him. No, I'm saying like Jack the Ripper was. Not oh yeah, him. No, no, no. we we still don't know to this day who Jack the Ripper is. So it's definitely not H. H. Holmes. So he did. Well, that's he one did. person. He off real the did. List. He real did. He did. Did. Oh, you can knock that person off. All right, how many more uh, suspects do we have? Uh, over a hundred. Yeah, uh, too many to count. Yeah. But guys, that's it. That's H. H. Holmes. What a wild ride. It really is. Yes. That that was. That was nuts. fun. Yeah, like not often do you have a serial killer with a murder hotel. No. And not often are you going to have two of them in the same summer. No. Because who we're covering next week is a South Carolina bad girl. I think it might be the first female serial killer we've covered. Yes. Alleged no. serial killer. Serial killer. No, Catherine Knight. No, she wasn't a serial killer. She only killed one dude. She's really fucked up. Oh. Mm. Yeah, Catherine Knight only killed that one guy and skinned him and, like, fed it. Yeah. She made meat curtains. Yeah, she made meat drapes. Hopefully they were summery. I think she hung them on like a window, like a curtain. The they doorway. were summery then. Yeah, it was in a doorway. Oh, but yeah, uh, Lavina Fisher is who we're covering next week. I'm so excited. And this story has everything. Urban legend, serial killer, um, murder hotel, ghost. So catch us next week for that, guys. Yes. Um, once again, Christian. Yes. Drop them socials. We appreciate you guys so, so much. And show that appreciation back. And for our kitties. Think of the kitties. They appreciate it. We love showing content with you guys. And to share that love back, make sure you guys are liking the Facebook, Instagram, the TikTok. Uh, Make sure you guys are sharing the show. Even if you just do that, we are winning in this. Because at this point, what we were mentioning in the last episode... Right now, we're kind of just like in limbo with our social medias, and I feel like sometimes that we just get banned just for whatever, when other shit gets through. So, if you guys want to show us that love, we really, really, really appreciate it, and we have changed, I think Eric has actually changed the way that the ads are on the episodes to just make it a little bit more bearable for you guys, so y'all just continue on listening. Make sure you guys are leaving us a review. We really appreciate those, and we do read them on air. Um... We give you kudos and we love you. Stay creepy. Stay spooky. And stay safe. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.